Hey everybody, welcome to the newest installment of the Minority Report. Bienvenido. I want to thank you guys for hanging out with us again. And of course, this is your head minority in charge, Gus. With me as usual is my biracial consigliere, Jay. How's it going, everybody? Previously on Minorities Report. <laughs> <laughs> little and, X-Men deep cut there. <laughs> and of course, we have still with us Mr. Han. Aloha. And of course, Jorge. Hello there. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. So we've been talking about generational bullshit. So what I wanted to honestly give my take real quick, and we're going to jump into Jorge talking about Gen Z, mm -hmm. is that Gen Z has become far more progressive in our lifetime than I ever thought I would see. And just share with us some of your experiences from like school and growing up in that environment where people like... Being Latino, mm -hmm. you probably grew up with some of the same shit I did, where it was that, oh, be, be a man, sea un hombre. Mm -hmm. and, but you also live in a generation where they're more progressive and more accepting of people's differences. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And actually, you can start seeing that in the media, because uh, even one, one, uh, one year before I was born, I was born in, two, in 2000, and just like we were, I was saying in the last episode, a lot of you guys grew up with The Godfather and whatnot, and then in 1999, we have... Uh, we have the Sopranos, mm -hmm. where we have the character of Tony, Tony Soprano, mm -hmm. who actually shows for the first time in, uh, you know, in that type of uh, television or that type of production, we see a, uh, a main character in a situation of that nature who mm -hmm. actually shows vulnerability because Tony mm -hmm. Soprano goes to therapy. And I think that the Sopranos ended up doing a lot of good for television, not only in the way that right. we mm -hmm. get to see like morally complex characters, but also... Mm -hmm we get to explore characters that are really vulnerable in a really human side and have a really human side. Right. Because that. even though he lived in a world where it was ultra masculine mm -hmm. and yeah. violent, yeah. you know, everything was about being and proving you're a man and no, not tolerating disrespect. Mm -hmm. Uh, he went to therapy and yeah. he spoke about his feelings, yeah. you know, that and, and he was always, and as a matter of fact, he's, he was always trying to be careful and he always wanted to make sure that nobody within the business mm. may, uh, knew that he was going to therapy because right. if anybody mm. knew that he was going to therapy, he was screwed. Well, they were going to consider yeah, yeah. him they as would, a weak person. Yeah. They would use it against him. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah like, exactly. Cause like the mob, like looked down on say, you know, therapy, they looked down on homosexuality and everything with him being a boss. Yeah. Well, that would have like, um, that would have put his position in danger. Yeah. Well, he would have seen as weak. Yeah. Or... Correct me if I'm wrong, because yeah. I haven't watched the whole series, but the little I've watched of it, mm -hmm. even though he like had to be that way, mm -hmm. uh, his Gumar, he actually loved her. Mm -hmm. Gumar, for those of you mm -hmm. who are uneducated, is the side chick, yeah. his mistress. But he actually took care of her, yeah. and he cared about her. It wasn't just about having her on the side. Mm -hmm. you know, am I wrong? I mean, because he was about his family, but he also cared about her. Yeah, well, it, it was because uh, Tony Soprano felt that he was losing his family, and apparently his wife confessed to him that she was going to have an affair with a priest, and then all of his children were growing up, and they were ready to go to college and move to a different state or a different city. Right. So as a coping mechanism for him to like hold on to his family, he kind of got himself a new family. But I, I don't know. I, I I can't really tell because mm -hmm. I haven't seen the whole series yet. Right. I, yeah. I'm just barely I'm just barely barely getting prepared to actually start right. watching it. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder but, if uh, that particular um, cadence mm -hmm. inside The Sopranos came from uh, analyze this. Maybe. Yeah, they Maybe. came out about the same time. Yeah, I know, I know, I know James Gandolfini had a lot about his character's writing and growth and what direction they yeah, took. Yeah, yeah. So, but you were saying, so your experiences, like I said, you grew up in Mexico? Yeah. 
Yeah, mostly. Mm-hmm. Or how old were you when you guys moved here? I was uh, 15. Oh, so uh, predominantly but, 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 but at the same, but Yeah, but at the same time, I grew up in, in like border cities because as right. I told you, my mom used to be a crimson uh, investigator. So we kept moving back and forth from one state to the other. Which but, is fascinating to yeah. me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we I grew up in like uh, border cities, which are pretty much the same thing as living in the United States. Right. They're literally the same thing. We have the same stores. Uh, the culture is the same. All right. So, yeah. Uh, really? It, See, because that's what my next question to you was. Growing up in a different country, how you had the experience growing up, you know, like facing that mm-hmm. that toxicity or that that type of attitude. Well, you, you can definitely feel the difference, uh, you know, when, when it comes to like sexism and all of that. Culturally, like uh, most, most of the times is like, Pretty much the same as I said, mm-hmm. because I felt I literally feel no difference whenever I'm in Mexico or when I'm in the states. But that's because I grew up in border cities and I've never been to the south. Because right. I'm totally sure that if I go to, to if I go to the south, it's going to be like a culture shock. Right. Because uh, I met people who were brought up on ranchos, mm-hmm. and they're totally like misogynistic, and a woman needs to know her yeah. place. And but your mom was a professional. Uh, she had a career, so she was complete opposite of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, uh, f- fortunately, my, my mom was always the complete opposite of that. And even my father has always been the complete opposite of that. Uh, I, my family has never been a traditional Mexican family, per se. Uh, so, uh, honestly, I'm, I, I actually feel really grateful. And sometimes I even want to cry whenever I think of the fact that my parents are some of the most supportive parents i ever seen in my life because mm-hmm. my especially my mom i have a really strong relationship with my with my mother she's been really supportive uh, especially because uh my family experienced a really strong uh family tragedy right when i was when i was nine years old and you know you guys know about it yeah uh, jay and and Gus, you guys know about it so that definitely left me mark and i started developing severe anxiety and depression when i was 12 and instead of getting mad at me uh, or anything like that. My mom was extremely supportive, and even my father, who I was a little a little surprised because uh, he he was never being sexist or anything like that. Even though he still he was still a little uh, toxic whenever it came to masculinity, but mm-hmm. even then he was able to learn from that, and he was right. able to change his ways, and he was able to start looking at things in a different way. And now uh, my uh, my mom and, and my dad got divorced because my dad was a little toxic. Uh, he was abusing alcohol. Uh, he was drinking too much alcohol. Uh, he doesn't do that anymore. It was just like a little period when, you know, he was young and he didn't know he didn't was, know any better. It always seems kind of a catalyst to things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was young and stupid. Right. Uh, but yeah, he ended up learning a lot and now he's really supportive. He's just like... Hey, uh, it doesn't matter what time it is. If you need to talk to anyone, call me. Yeah. See, what I like to see is that yeah. the changing of the generations, just mm-hmm. to make a quick observation and I'll mm-hmm. let Jorge get back. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Han's father and their generation mm-hmm. tried to grow their kids up to be tough because mm-hmm. they went through the depression. And you got to be hard, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then my generation being raised by boomers mm-hmm. were kind of the same thing because it kind of flowed down and that's the mm-hmm. same thing yeah. whereas millennials yeah you got a little bit of both worlds yeah you know where they're on and off what i see is gen zers go mm-hmm. and i don't want to take all credit for this because it's not just me mm-hmm. gen xers mm-hmm. raising gen zers yeah. kind of instill that in them it's okay because we suffered so much to yeah. be like you can't be gay. Mm-hmm. You can't be this. Mm-hmm. You got to be hard. Mm-hmm. Fuck everybody else. Be a man's man. Mm-hmm. Where we were raised that way, we kind of 
went the opposite way with raising our kids. I don't want to say all of us. Right. We kind of, because your parents are probably Gen Zers. They're probably around my age. Yeah. You know, your father, your dad's like, what, 50, something like that? Yeah, 55. Mm-hmm. My mom is 15. Mm-hmm. So they're a Gen Z. I mean, yeah. Gen Xers. Yeah. So we raised our kids because we went through so much. You couldn't be mentally ill. Mm-hmm. Or you're, you're just, quit being sensitive. Stop being mm-hmm. a little bitch. Mm-hmm. Don't cry. Where we wanted to be the opposite with our kids. Yeah. So you benefited from that. Not saying that, mm-hmm. you know, your parents are perfect because mm-hmm. none of us are perfect. But mm-hmm. you got the benefit of having mm-hmm. that. And that's, I think, what happened to a lot of Gen Zers. Mm-hmm. And I'll let you continue. But I think Gen Zers benefited from the fact that my generation, the Gen mm-hmm. X, got shit on. Yeah. yeah. So we didn't want that for our mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, not all people because I definitely got to see cases of like, uh, you know, uh, people I went to school with uh, and their parents were just like, Jesus, like, fucking mm-hmm. Christ. I remember one time uh, my uh, this guy I went to school with, he started crying all of a sudden because he got a, a C or something like that. And he started crying first because he started crying even harder just right. by the fact that he was crying uh, uh, the first time. And uh, it was because he, uh, his mother was like such a sexist woman because she, she grew up that way. Right. And uh, he didn't have a father figure, unfortunately, but his mother was like a sexist piece of shit like literally because uh she used to beat him up with a board oh my gosh yeah Jesus. and uh just to toughen him toughen him up a little which yeah. is funny because i see that in a lot of the, the latin so, community not mm-hmm. i want to say all of it a lot of the latin community mm-hmm. even the women are misogynistic i gotta yeah. i gotta ask though do, do you think jorge that that some of that toxic trope came from the catholic church's influence on I, I, you know, the I whole influence. spare the rod, spoil the child. Right, yeah. exactly that kind of thing. Maybe, maybe uh, I've I've never really thought well, of it, see, but maybe that's a that's actually a pretty good question because in Mexico the predominant yeah. religion is actually the Catholic religion. It's yeah. a it's a big thing in in the Latin community too. Uh, I I th- I believe it's changing, but like. When I was growing up, my mother told well, I didn't learn how to cook. I didn't learn how to do my own laundry. I didn't learn how to iron because my mother said that's not work for men. Mm-hmm. This was coming from a woman. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and that, like I said, like you know, what we touched on before is that it's that status quo. Not only does it affect men, it could also affect women as no, well. No, exactly. Yeah. Like toxic yeah. masculinity isn't just to one. It's gender. ingrained in them. Yeah, yeah. right. Absolutely. So, but you were saying you've met people like that, and yeah, and actually, my grandmother on my father's side is like that. I remember one of the last couple of times I saw her, like back in two thousand. 15 i remember i uh i, I was uh, i was done eating i picked up my plate and i headed out to the kitchen so i could wash it and she lectured me like she never has before like <laughs> what are you doing yeah. <laughs> 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 and yeah and uh, actually even before uh that family tragedy that i mentioned i was still a very sensitive child like i remember crying when watching the 90s spider-man cartoon or something mm-hmm. like that yeah. uh and my parents were really supportive of that, but unfortunately, because I went to school, uh, and uh, and that's another thing that I wanted to mention is that I know for a fact that not all of the kids got the fortune to have parents like mine, mm-hmm. where I was I was I've always been taught to be open about my emotions and mm-hmm. the way I felt and whatnot, because I was uh, when I was in school I was bullied a lot. Uh, for liking Spider-Man, for liking Batman, yeah. Oh yeah and actually, I can I can relate one hundred percent to you and your mm-hmm. experience. I was uh, mm-hmm. called many many names. Mm-hmm. I was called a faggot. I was called Jesus. a pussy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I also got picked on because I was really pale as a kid and I was like really mm-hmm. skinny. I uh, mean, as a kid, bro, you pale now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, they, uh, I remember one time when I was like in in middle school, they they called me Ben Affleck. Oh my god. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. you and I probably experienced the same thing, where because we're a lighter complexion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
they they would they would say we're passing. Yeah. You yeah. know, oh you ain't you ain't Latino enough, you ain't dark. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> passing is honestly like the one of the most racist terms yeah. ever. It yeah. it definitely is like a microaggression because mm-hmm. it almost feels like you're outside your race, but you're good enough to pass and like you know suburbs and everything. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. and not only that, they used to they used to call me like fancy pants and and shit like that, but not in a nice way or anything like that. Right. Because I remember my mom, she used to dress me up all the time. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they, it's almost like it's your fault that your mother has a career and does well. Mm-hmm. It, you, that's what they try to do. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So, yeah, something like that, something like that. And and uh, the, honestly, that was like the least of my problems. You the, know, the only thing about. You being called Ben Affleck that I like hmm. is at least they stole it from a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know, you actually role I'm, models. I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you bring that up because mm-hmm. I noticed something all about us. Mm. We were, we were uh, called insults that are actually empowering. Like for example, yeah. you were called Beastie Boy. Yeah. Beastie Boy is one of the most influential, one of the greatest hip hop groups. Best selling rap record of all, all time. time. Yeah. Absolutely. How is that an insult? Still is. Yeah, right. And, and uh, they were absolutely a punk crossover. Which oh yeah, they were. Really yeah. rare. They were, yeah. they, they were a yeah. punk rock band that really went and succeeded and they go, yeah. oh, well let's do hip hop and they blew Right. <laughs> and you were called uh, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck has become like, you know, he had a very like, you know, hard like you know background his like you know he was fighting against you know alcoholism and all that like the whole press and everything he's become like one of the most renowned directors that he's actors. also not, he's not hard to look at either. exactly yeah, yeah. and yeah. he was and, that yeah. man right yeah, exactly yeah. and he, I, and i gotta say he earned that shit because i saw yeah. some of his the tra- workout oh, right. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. well and it's it's like trying to insult somebody go Pfft. You're like the hottest person I've ever seen, asshole. And so, oh, and so when, or even call so, me fancy pants. Right. Like, thanks. That means I have good right. taste. And so, and so when I remember the kids, when they were calling me, oh, Jay's a Power Ranger, that means, so what you're saying is that I'm a superhero with access to high-tech weaponry. That and can a giant, kick your ass. Right. With a giant Zord yeah. that has access to where I can find out where you live or your family. I can wipe out your whole but, entire bloodline. <laughs> so that's the insult. Yeah. yeah. But thanks, I, man. Yeah, right. I've never really been to like border towns mm-hmm. um but a lot of the people that i've met because I, I honestly growing up with as many latinos as i have i've met every spectrum of latino that you could and i've worked with all of them mm-hmm. i never really met mexicans till i moved here mm-hmm. but a lot of them grew up impoverished like mm-hmm. one of my best friends he he's from tijuana mm-hmm. and he said it was rough mm-hmm. it was really rough mm-hmm. and but did you experience that and if so because i know when you live in a rough like country or rough uh, town, you got to be hard, and all the kids may come off that way too. Yeah, definitely because they, uh, so because uh, sometimes in Mexico there's no middle ground between being wealthy or being in a comfortable situation and being poor. And so there's not poor. like a middle class. Uh, yeah, yeah. Th- yeah. There's not really like a middle class, and, and and there is, but it's not as common, you know. Right. Uh, and yeah, I could definitely see, see that as well because. Uh, Unfortunately, most of the population live like a, a really poor situation, and they have to be tough. Otherwise, they're gonna get killed on on the streets right. uh, because of you know they get like little gangs, quote unquote, because they're not actual gangs. It's just a bunch of like young kids uh, being stupid and attacking each other and fighting and and stuff like that. Right. And they have to be tough because of that, and they also have to be tough because apparently, or at least in the time where I grew up. Uh, you know, in Mexico, there are lots of single mothers, you know, and because of the absence of that father figure, the mother has to act as both a, a, a mother and a father. And sometimes that doesn't really go well at right. all whatsoever. 
And because it, especially when you're trying to raise a a a, a, a boy, right. like yeah. what do you do? You gotta be extra tough. And sometimes mothers can be yeah. extra yeah. extra mm -hmm. tough. No, well, you, there's there, in my opinion, there there's no better father than a Mexican mother. <laughs> I'm telling you, true. No, they you, will teach you all sides yeah. of what you yep. need to know. I gotta tell you, just slight detour anecdote. But mm -hmm. I grew up in Connecticut, obviously. Mm -hmm zero mexican people mm -hmm. none and uh we had these two kids in our high school uh matt and greg santa steven mm -hmm. and my buddy called them the hawaiian brothers and they wow. were always wearing hawaiian shirts and stuff <laughs> so well that didn't help so after, <laughs> so after high school you know i i, I get the idea that i'm going to move to la mm -hmm. and and i find Uh, Matt Santa Stevens number and I call him and he said yeah man come on out you can stay at my place and I stay out with him and the very first thing he says to me he says now uh, you understand that I'm not Hawaiian right <laughs> and I said uh Well, now I do. <laughs> so, you know, that's like that's like I knew a guy who used to call his friend Puerto Rican Joe. Mm. I was like bro he, he he's not Puerto Rican. Yeah. That's all right. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not okay. But it was funny. Like, I went out there, and I'd never been part of... I'd never even... I had no idea about Mexican culture. I mm -hmm. was so stark white yeah. at that point. Yeah, you get kind and of, you get kind of uh, cultural shock. It, it was mm -hmm. amazing. So I, I go out, I interview for a couple of jobs, and, and Matt and his brother Greg say, Hey, um, we're going to have a cookout. You should come. And I'm like, yeah, okay. So I go to this cookout. You get together in a park. There's like so much food you could bury yourself. Oh, yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. And they're playing softball and everybody gets a shot. They're little kids, you know, like like the the 10-year-old who thinks he can can stand up with the adults. They let him have a try. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It, My... was, it was one of the most wonderful um, like demonstrations of like this huge mixed generational family mm -hmm. that I've ever seen in my life. Well, and it, and they I, were, you know, it instantly mm -hmm. accepting me as yeah. part of the, part mm -hmm. of the group. Well, so. What I've come to learn uh, my time with learning from the Mexican culture is all about family. Mm -hmm. Anytime they have a get together, it's, Everyone. That's yeah. being diesel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all about family. Well, I mean, like, he could be part Mexican for all we know. I don't, so. yeah. <laughs> well, he may be. Vince Diesel's... I, I don't have friends. Hey. I have friends. But going And by, I hate to quote Vin one more time, but... I am Groot. <laughs> anyway, so... What, am I wrong in saying that? that they're, like, a, well, a lot I've, about I've, family. I've noticed that with other families. Uh, with my family, not right. really, because I'm actually not close at all with the rest of my family, mm. except, of course, my immediate family. Like, of course, uh, my mother, my father, and my sisters. And But you noticed it, it culturally. Like, yeah. but, but I've noticed it culturally, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See, my... my <laughs> all right. My idea of Mexican food when I lived and grew up in Brooklyn mm -hmm. was Taco Bell. But anyway, I know that's not. <laughs> so I moved out here, and the biggest epitome of Me and churros, the Mexican culture that I got hit with, was the first time I got offered elote. Mm -hmm. And I looked at it and went, y You put mayonnaise on corn. And they're like, Yeah. I'm like, No, 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 but that's mayonnaise on corn. And they're like, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, I don't want it's mayonnaise, mayonnaise on my corn. corn. What's going on in here? What's so, going on here? Until I tried it, and I was like, Damn. Right. And, and another one is, I can't get behind this one though. Mm -hmm. I'm Puerto Rican. We love mangoes. Mm -hmm. Fucking yeah. mangoes out. Yeah, I ate mangoes like once a week in my mm -hmm. as a kid. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't get the whole 
chili powder on mango. I've, I've never. That's actually and ironically, on watermelon too, and they put lime, lime on watermelon. Mm. Ironically, that's something another thing that I don't really understand. Uh, my friends do it all the time, but even with Mexican candy, that's something I, I never understand. The fascination to make a, a candy taste no. like a freaking enchilada, like, oh, like what's a, a chamuy. Yeah, I don't like I don't like Mexican candy. I mm. I, I do like uh, the Mexican candies that are made with milk. Uh, the you know I know like, which one you talk about. Yeah, yeah, yes. the, the one I do like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, the one I do like though is the coconut ones. It's red, white. It's, oh yeah, yeah. Red, I like it's that like one. the Mexican color flags. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. The first time, and then I, I was dating this white girl, but she was raised in Mexico because mm-hmm. her parents were missionaries, and she takes me out and she wants to buy this thing. It's got like, it's a dr- those drinks that have all the fruit stuff in it, but then it's got chili on it. I'm like. Mm. A fresco with chili. No, 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 no. It's like an ice thing, but it's got fruit and chili in it. I'm like, that's nasty. Mm. I was like, eat your hot sauce or eat your fruit. No. (laughs) And she's like, but it's so good. No, it's not. (laughs) And then the other one is micheladas. I like micheladas. Micheladas, if you don't know, it's they take a, a beer, mostly Budweiser, and they put Clamato in it and uh lemon or it's, lime it's kind of like a bloody mary but with beer right i'm like when they tell me oh it's beer with, with clamato i said stop Wait, you lost what? me at clamato <laughs> yeah clamato is clam and, and tomato, tomato juice, juice. tomato yeah. clamato i was like you lost me at clamato yeah. is that what it is <laughs> yeah i thought it was just tomato, tomato no it's juice. clam juice and mm. tomato juice clamato is clam and tomato mm. juice together but anyway so but you said experiencing kind of like I don't want to say that you were upper class, no. but you had it better than the kids you went to school with. But they made fun of you because of that. Uh, yeah, and and uh, mostly they made fun of me because of the things that I liked. You uh, were a nerd. Like, yeah, yeah, I was a freaking nerd. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah and uh, leaving leaving like the uh, social status like to the side because that was like a minor thing. Uh, the ma- the major thing was the fact that sure I was a nerd and. The super huge major thing. You guys know that soccer is a huge thing in Mexico. Yeah. Oh, just yeah, the, yeah, fact, yeah. Just yeah. the fact that I was never into sports. Just the fact that I was never into soccer. Wait, you didn't uh, like soccer? No, I never. Oh, uh, you're soccer. not Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny you should say that. Mm-hmm. I am one of the few kids on my mother's side of the family who didn't like soccer, mm-hmm. and we're from Scotland, mm-hmm. which is soccer is massive there. Mm-hmm. And the reason I didn't get into it is because. The first time I was on a soccer pitch, mm-hmm. I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. I was just a tiny bit over four feet tall, mm-hmm. and I weighed about 65 pounds. Mm. And I was with a bunch of guys who were 150 pounds mm-hmm. that could run the length of the pitch and back before mm-hmm. I could get halfway to the well, other side. Which is funny, because when I played high school football, I was about 145 pounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there were guys three times my size, but I had to be twice as tough as them. Mm-hmm. And they knocked me down, even if it hurt, I had to get back up and like yeah. it was nothing. Yeah. But, yeah, well, um, with uh, with me, because you know, being um, half black and everything, mm-hmm. I was expected to actually be into basketball. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, ca- I casually watch basketball and everything, but they expected me to play. Mm-hmm. Um, never got interested in playing. Mm-hmm. My dad, um, especially, especially when I mentioned my, that my dad was a um, was in uh, played basketball in high school, mm-hmm. so they automatically assume like, oh, that's gonna pass on. You're gonna start playing. But I just never got into it, yeah. you know. And it's like, and it's funny how like sports can be like um, also like you know can tap into like a, a racial like a divide, yeah, yeah, and everything, yeah, yeah. 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 See, yeah. growing up Puerto Rican, we weren't expected to play basketball, but we played yeah. it in school. Mm-hmm. Long story short, I wasn't I wasn't dunking anytime soon, mm-hmm. uh, but. I played defense like Bill Lambeer. Mm-hmm. So if, I, if you got by me, I'd knock you down. Mm-hmm. So kind of like that. Yeah. But anyway. But it's, well, it's, yeah, for example, uh-huh. oh, were, we, were we going to go on a break? 
No, no, no. No, okay, no. I was gonna say that it's actually really interesting that you say that some sports mm -hmm. are actually like connected to your race or something like that. Because mm -hmm. I know you said it jokingly and yeah, it was no, yeah, uh, hilarious, course. but uh, I've actually been told before, like, you don't like soccer? Uh, you're a fake Mexican. Mm. And I'm just like, what? Well, let me <laughs> ask you. He's a mino. Let me Mexican in name only. Let me <laughs> let me ask you something because I experienced it myself. And of course, being a more European appearing Mm -hmm. Latino, mm -hmm. and I know, like I've heard from the people I've met in mm -hmm. northern Mexico, like you said, the border towns where you grew up, mm -hmm. they're more of the indigenous kind of looking. Yeah. So I'm sure you experienced a lot of bullying because of that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I said, they used to call me Ben Affleck because I, I, I was like lighter skin. Is that the only white person they knew? Is that why? <laughs> Probably, or or because they got it from a movie. Uh, yeah. what, what movie was it? I haven't seen it. Yeah, was it Argos? Role, Role models. models. Role models, yeah. by the way, which is a great celebration of the nerd, right? Yeah. 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 They, yeah. It's the bro, bro culture embracing nerds. The, lar yeah. the LARPing? Yeah, yeah the LARP yeah. community. But But so your experience in school, was that like just in high school? When did you become a metalhead? Because that's what I'm interested in. Because oh, I know I've always been a metalhead. Really? And they also pick at me because of uh, because I like metal. And that's another thing. Because uh, culturally, I, I didn't really like the music that all, all the other kids were listening to. Because it, it was either like Mexican music or rap or hip hop. You, what do you mean? You didn't like banda? Norteño? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And because I was always listening to metal. Like, uh, you know, when I first started, it was like soft things like Metallica, ACDC. And then they started going into softer things. But It's where, funny how he says unusual. soft Metallica. When they, were this, they never played them on the radio because they were thought too hard. <laughs> no, literally. Yeah, really? seriously. Yeah. 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 They didn't become really popular until the Black Album. But anyway, go ahead. Album. Yeah. So when I was around uh, 10, uh, I wasn't made fun of because of uh, the fact that I like comic books or anything. They used to call me the zombie guy or the... Uh, the creep zombie guy? Yeah, the zombie. Because I guess, you were into metal? Yeah, because I was... Or the vampire guy, because I guess they didn't know a better term for like someone who was into like unusual and yeah. dark things. Well, but because... I mean, even though goth has been around a long time, I don't know if culturally uh, in the part of Mexico you grew up in, mm -hmm. it was a thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I had like a little group of kids that were into God, uh, that were into like gothic culture and whatnot. Right. Mm -hmm. So Be yeah, it's it was it was definitely there. Which is funny because a lot of the, the the natives I've met or indigenous people I've met and mm -hmm. Mexicans, mm -hmm. they're huge into metal. A lot mm -hmm. of them are into metal. Oh yeah, metal is a huge part. Well, it has become a huge part of of, of metal of uh, Mexico now, especially is, like in but, the south. But now where a, you grew up, but not where I saying. grew up, because where great, I grew up, it was more like banda music. Yeah, and, like Tigres del Norte. Yeah, and, so, <laughs> and stuff like that. I I actually had a house directly, like I sit diagonally down the street from a um, campesina band from where they practiced, mm -hmm. and uh, you know I didn't mind it at all. But my mm -hmm. my girlfriend used to come sleep over and say, "I can't sleep. The bass, the bass is too loud." Oh, so <laughs> it was like, pop, 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 yeah. stuff like my, that. My, my experience, <laughs> I, I, I said, a twenty four hours chicken dance. <laughs> chicken dance. <laughs> so my my experience with that was I, in New York. You don't really ever hear that. Well, you never. I never heard that. I moved here and I started working security, and we had to do security for. Uh, banda mm -hmm. you know it was this mexican dude that kind of tried to look like pitbull he had a shaved head and he would mm -hmm. drink on stage tequila mm -hmm. and i was like this just sounds like circus music all of them have the same bass line it's like edm edmi for uh for mexicans mm -hmm. okay it, you know edmi the electric yeah, 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 music yeah. whatever has the same yeah. bass line yeah yeah 
it, 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 I was like, dude, it sounds like a fucking circus. It's Drop really <laughs> no for, offense to your culture, for, bro. Yeah. For well, I actually agree. It's it sounds like, like okay. a circus. <laughs> okay, so instead of drop the bass, it's drop the banda. Yeah, <laughs> drop the banda. Yeah. <laughs> so EDM is just the same BPM. It's not the same baseline. Mm-hmm. So the, oh, pardon me. Yeah, no, I should I'm just, just go saying, fuck myself. Yeah. <laughs> well, you Adjust probably your... should. Um, but. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> oh man, I just lost my train. So, <laughs> well, going into the the metalhead aspect of it, like you said, you were bullied as a kid, but then you went into like high school. Where is it more accepting there? Or well, high school, I I was here in the states for high school, right? Which is and uh, depending on where you go to school here in the states, it could be an also you're an outsider. Yeah, I was an outsider in high school uh, yeah. because uh, I went I went to high school here in, in Levine. I went to Betty H Fairfax, mm-hmm. which is mostly a black and Latino uh, high school. Right. So I was the other one out. Uh, <laughs> the other one out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, because a lot of the Mexicans here are either into the hip hop culture or yeah. they try to over exaggerate their Mexicanness. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I guess that's a thing of uh, hyper identification mm-hmm. because they've never even been to Mexico, but they're like trying to flex the fact that they're Mexican. And yeah, Mexican as fuck, bro. Yo, yeah. You know who has a great joke about that? Mm. George Lopez. He goes, yeah. he knows people. He goes, like, I'm Mexican. Y'all, Mexican. Orale, raza. And then they go to Mexico and go, oh my God, people live in those houses. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, that reminded me. Back, what was it? That, that reminded me actually back in the early '90s when cross colors became popular. Yeah, and um, all like um, when we were tri- uh, tri- Trump Park Quest as well we'll put them in there, but also Arrested Development. Yeah, that would accentuate like their African roots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I remember all the kids in my elementary school, like um, the you know when I lived in Murphy Canyon, like the black mm-hmm. kids and everything, they'd be wearing the cross colors and the African medallion, but they are always talking about going back to the motherland, but they never went. Well, yeah. that, that's a big thing about, yeah. like, there was a comedian that did something like that, too. Everybody calls him African-American. African-American. Y'all black. Yeah. Was, you ain't never been to Africa, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> but going You're back not connected to, you. to your culture. Right. So, <laughs> so coming here in your adolescence, 15, now, yeah. was English your second language? Or yeah, it was you? my second language because even though it was spoken in the water city uh-huh. and I was still in contact with it and it was still spoken in my, in my, uh, in my house, it wasn't, like, like the primary language has always been Spanish in right. the house, but so. you, but your family's always been bilingual, right? Because I assume your mom and her career that she took was yeah. had to be bilingual. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they she taught you guys from a young age. Yeah, and more than anything at school, because at Border right. City we even had American kids go to school. Right. Uh, I actually now uh, that I that I. Uh, that I'm noticing this I never dated a Mexican girl really uh, because even in Mexico when I had like quote unquote because I mean we were kids, kids so it wasn't yeah. like mm-hmm. an actual girlfriend you didn't have a little girlfriend that was Mexican no it was uh, an American g- uh, girl from El Paso uh, who was born in Austin which is funny because I used to work with this dude he was American well he was Me- he's Mexican he, but he was born in the US he was born in Nogales mm-hmm he had a thicker accent than most Mexicans I've met. I was like, bro, you're American. Was, yeah, but since I lived in Nogales, Arizona, I would go to school in Nogales, Mexico. Mm-hmm. So to me, in my brain, it's like, okay. He's like, yeah, it's like a, a, a 10 minutes away. Mm-hmm. He goes, literally, you can walk across into Mexico. It's one city mm-hmm. split by the border. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's actually kind of funny because once again, uh, growing up, I never had a, had a lot of friends like Sure, I was bullied, but I didn't have a lot of friends because I was bullied. I didn't have a lot of friends because I just wasn't interested. Mm. I've always been much of a loner. Uh, really? Yeah. Well, um, see, you're you're probably one of the most soft-spoken people that mm-hmm. I've met. Mm-hmm. But so you're saying you didn't you didn't grow into that? That's who you've always been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who I've always been. Uh, I've always been a loner. Even what were you gonna say? Oh no, go keep going. Sorry. Uh, yeah, like 
Yeah, I didn't. I never liked to socialize. Even when I was a little kid, and my sisters wanted to play with me, I was like, nope, no, no, no. And <laughs> yeah, because of that, I guess that I developed like a different type of accent or something like that. Right. Yeah. That's something that that I was also bullied for because I, I spoke like my own, like like how like I had my own special tone to put right, it that right, way. Right. Right. And uh, yeah. and even with my uh, with my last name, which is uh, French, Veldering, uh people would be like, "Where are you from?" Like <laughs> you're not Mexican, but you're not even. We can is, tell that you're not even. Like, what are you? <laughs> which is funny because I don't have a typical Latino name either. It's very European. It's actually Portuguese. And I would meet people, and they would mm-hmm. see my last name, and they go, "Oh, fala português." I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! No, 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 no! <laughs> Wrong kind of brown." <laughs> like, Wrong kind of brown. Well, 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 I'm glad you mentioned that because. Um, I noticed that, like, you know, in in schools, like mm-hmm. high school, elementary, whatever, like, being a loner was seen as a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that the stigma of being a loner has mm-hmm. is being erased because, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that, I don't know, it's it's weird. Like, one of the things that was, like, a, a status of power or, it, you know, or um, inspiration or mm-hmm. whatever yeah. was being popular in yeah. school. Like, having all these friends and everything. So, mm-hmm. the more friends you had, mm-hmm. like you know, the more appealing you were and everything. Whereas like, if you only hung out with like two or three uh, people mm-hmm. or had no friends at all, you were ostracized. Right. Yeah. But yeah. you see, but from what I'm getting is from what you were telling me is that you didn't try to be the outsider. No. You, you weren't trying to be edgy. Mm-hmm. That's just who you were. Yeah. I just didn't want to hang out with those guys. And especially when you got to like middle school, I was, uh, I was facing this, the, the, the fact that if I wanted to hang out with them because a couple of them were cool. Right. Uh, but a couple of them tried to hang out with me, but I'm just like, I don't want to have these conversations of like how many girls uh, <laughs> right. they fucked over the weekend right, and how right. much weed so, they can yeah. smoke. So yeah. even, even, even though you grew up like soft-spoken, mm-hmm. sensitive mm-hmm. and wa- not wanted to be different, you just were, mm-hmm. you still face that. You still face that whole, you know, toxicity that they tried yeah, to, yeah. Tried to uh, push uh, into you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially because, uh, my first years, my, my most formative years were in the state of Chihuahua, but then because of my mom's work, we had to move to the state of Sonora. So mm-hmm. if I stood, if I stood out there in Chihuahua, I stood out even more in the state of Sonora because mm-hmm. like different, even a, a more different accent and complexion and, and whatnot. Right. And because I was like, I, I stood out so much, I became the popular kid of the school. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> wanted to know you right. because yeah. you were like everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Which, which goes to what I was yeah. saying before, being yeah. kind of fetishized because you yeah. come in and you're the exotic yeah. one. And right, actually, right. I was really popular with the, with the girls at school. Yeah. And all the guys hated me for it. That's because of your hair, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he has long, maybe luscious hair. Maybe he's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. Yeah. <laughs> Did you always have the long, you rocked the long hair back then? Uh, yeah, back then. Yeah, it was long, but not as long. Well, yeah, yeah, but going like you're into the metal scene. So let's go fast forward out of high school. So, but you faced I all just, that shit in high school. Mm-hmm. But coming to adulthood, I'm sorry, Mr. Hand, you said something? No, you I was just going to say, and that is exactly what my hair looked like. Yeah. Really? Like literally at your age, that's. Mm-hmm. All right, to use that's a, the hair I rock. To use a meme from when I was in high school, picks where it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, so but coming into adulthood, like your generation, I, I admire, mm-hmm. believe it or not, because my my not only because of my daughters are Gen Zers, they're mm-hmm. literally about your age. You're sandwiched in between them. I have a 23 and a 21 year old. So, mm-hmm. um, you your generation 23 next month. 
You'll be 23 next month? Yeah. All right. So, well, happy early birthday. Um, <laughs> but you were saying that, see, what I'm saying is your experiences, you don't really have any, you've never, have you ever seen the prejudice among your age group as far as like LGBTQ and all that? Yeah, definitely. And even older people, like, uh, for example, as I mentioned before, uh, being called a faggot and right. the fact that homosexuality was looked down upon. Uh, but that was in Mexico, or did you all, face that here? Uh, not personally, but I did see other kids calling other kids faggots or yeah. stuff like that, or other kids uh, being bullied. Because I remember I went uh, to school with a transgender kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not even a kid. He was early 16. Uh, in between. Right. Uh, almost a young adult. Uh, but yeah, he was, a, he was a transgender person going to the, sa- to the same school I went to. Mm-hmm. And there were actually three transgender people. Uh, going to the same school mm-hmm. and they weren't directly bullied or anything but people would talk shit about them behind their backs and they would pull quote-unquote practic- practical pranks without them even knowing who he was oh, just Jesus. because uh, people would know that if they were caught doing that they would totally be not acceptable at all and they would probably right. get kicked out of school see even though it wasn't outright bullying like, yeah. right to their face and everything the fact yeah. that it's happening behind the scenes is worse because yeah. they're unaware of that happening but yeah. also it's creating the stigma about them right. just like there's online bullying cyber bullying and all that yeah you know like and it's just really really messed up well yeah. see me growing up there were there weren't any transgender youth mm-hmm. for me growing up because again it was an acceptable thing yeah there were adults mm-hmm. but what i'm fascinated is like you just said in high school you had yeah. people who were because they were raised to be themselves mm-hmm. it's great because it's the evolution of the generations yeah. is what's amazing yeah not so, only that and, and also boys and girls started being raised in in a more accepting way like right, you gotta respect I mean, others yeah. but unfortunately not not all the kids were that way exactly and, uh, yeah and uh the thing that i enjoy the most i guess was the fact that oh i had more people to talk to but still i, I would usually keep to myself but i was able to have conversations about things i felt passionate about like comic books or movies or music i remember right. taking the school bus and singing mm-hmm. metal with this other guy mm-hmm. and that was a one of the first times i, I was ever able to like spread my wings out a little yeah. to put See, it that way i was a metalhead in high school and one of my best friends in high school was a metalhead and he was black mm-hmm. he was a black metalhead mm-hmm. i didn't know they existed before that mm-hmm. <laughs> until i met him yeah but so but go you were the outsider, but you said that you didn't care about being accepted, which yeah. is which is another thing of your generation that's really mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. A lot of them just want to be themselves and not cater mm-hmm. to trying to be accepting, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. which is fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah. And when I turn, I want to say when I turned 18 and 19, uh, it wasn't a, a necessity to belong or to be accepted or anything mm-hmm. like that, but I did have the need to see what was out there in terms of like uh, socializing with other people and going out and right. being, a, you know, just in general, a little bit more social. There is and, a great... And, and it was great. It was great. But you did find your community, right? In like the metal and mm-hmm. goth community? I I stumbled up upon some really unwanted individuals that were racist, homophobic. Even uh, in that community? Yeah, even in that community. Wow. Uh, no, no, actually, these are perfect, so... Yeah, and actually, I uh, befriended this guy, and unfortunately, that guy turned out to be a complete jerk. Uh, he was like the most sexist person I ever met. Really? Yeah. Well, and I guess your your friendship with him was short because I don't see you hanging out with somebody. No, no, no. Actually, it, actually, I was hurt, like really, really hurt right. because I saw him as a brother. Right. Uh, I opened the doors of my house to him. Uh, my mom 
uh, treated him like uh, like another member of the family. And, right. to, and to me, that takes a lot of like energy and effort and more than anything, emotional effort. And when I found out that he was like really sexist, I was just like, oh, fuck, but es I gotta especially, let you go. Especially after spending time with your family, yeah. seeing like, you know, the love and respect and, yeah. and whatnot for him to still have that, that mentality, that, even after all that, makes yeah. it even worse. That's almost yeah. like getting cheated on by a significant other. That's, that, that's exactly like, how yeah. it felt like. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I just, uh, other you, than him, I, I, I ran into other people that weren't, you know, as, as extreme as he was, but I was like, Oh yeah, I, I just remember why how I've always wanted to be wow. by myself. I was right about the world. It's fucking rotting. <laughs> you broke my heart, Fredo. <laughs> I know what was doing. No, and which is funny because I never really, um, I never knew that about mm -hmm. like the metal and golf scene, like the real. I don't want to call it heavy metal. It's kind of more dark than heavy metal, mm -hmm. but. Uh, and Mr. Hank could attest to this. That was totally the punk rock scene. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Almost every single one of the punk rock scene were misogynist, womanizing pieces of shit. Mm -hmm. Almost all of them. Yeah. I mean, Gigi Allen would throw shit oh, on people from no, the stage. Literally shit. No, yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. Feces, like a monkey. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. That's and, something I've noticed about the black metal community yeah. is that the fact that there is just like this ongoing competition to see who's stronger, who can drink the most, yeah. the most beers, yeah. uh, who can get laid the most. Mm -hmm. So like it's that. still that misogyny within that yeah. community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, a lot of misogyny. Uh, but it depends on who you're hanging around with. Right. Like well, the people I hang around with, they're not like that at all whatsoever. So uh, my uh, my little journey into mm -hmm. discovering what was out there, I found some really unwanted people. But at the same time, I, I was able to find like a, a really, a really, really small circle of people that I like, right. including you guys, because I just met you guys last year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we have a very dynamic, a different group of uh, friends. Mm -hmm. and like I said, we go from eight to eight, not eight, but you know, eighteen to eighty. Let's put it mm -hmm. that way, eighteen mm -hmm. to eighty. Uh, and we, I've always been open to knowing and learning who people are instead mm -hmm. of judging them or mm -hmm. like, oh, you can't be my friend because you're goth. Mm -hmm. You can't be my friend because you're only 18. You mm -hmm. can't be my friend because of this. No, let me get who, know who you are. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the only reason you can't be my friend is because you're an asshole. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm the only asshole out. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but so going back to what you were saying, so, but still with your generation, you haven't, You've seen the prejudices, mm -hmm. but that's more of the outside thing now instead of the norm. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's where it's kind of reversed. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's like a, a small circle of people that are actually that way. Right. And most of the community nowadays, because even though there's still a lot of sexism and misogyny within the metal community, right. it's definitely not as much as it used to be like back in the 90s or even 10 years ago, well, which only tells you that, yeah, the world's yeah. changing for, for a fact. Well, right. It, it's also, it's your generation that's calling them out. See, that was mm. the problem with our past generations and everything. Mm -hmm. That shit was not called out. Yeah. And now with Gen Z, I always refer to Gen Z as the generation of receipts mm -hmm. because I noticed that every time somebody does something problematic and they try to hide it or try to like, you know, backpedal and everything. Social media, motherfucker. Exactly. That's <laughs> what it means by receipts. It will show the screenshots and all that. See, and that's The internet is forever. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's what's like really um, awesome about Gen Z. And there's always this whole stereotype about Gen Z being soft and what not gen mm -hmm. z is one of the strongest mm -hmm. generations ever they're they're more sensitive to right. people's differences well see that's what they mean see that's why they always mistake sensitivity and right. uh, and like um 
tolerance and everything mm-hmm. as soft. That's well, the past generation, the, the past generation demons. Right. But Gen Z, they're a very strong generation because they're not afraid to call out the bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're not afraid to call out like you know the prehistoric right. like type of mentality and everything yeah. of well, the past generation. My thing about Gen Z is the 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 uh, progression of social media. Mm-hmm has caused some pseudo celebrities to be influenced yeah. and a lot of it is toxic. Oh, yeah. However, the outsiders such as LGBTQ, mm-hmm. especially trans people, mm-hmm. it's kind of united them more on a worldwide scope because they mm-hmm. know now they're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. Because now they have like online groups where exactly. they can yeah. meet because with each other, social, talk to each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. before social media, they had their town and their neighborhood yeah. and there may not have been somebody like them. Right. Where yeah. now it's worldwide and you mm-hmm. can you can be a transgender youth and you can chat to somebody yeah. in in Japan that is also and you can have that relationship mm-hmm. you know uh, and and but, I think it's a double-edged sword social but, media but that's true but you also need to be careful about opening yourself up to cyberbullying oh absolutely. Right, which, yeah. no, absolutely which is literally like putting a drop of oil in a glass of water and you watch it right. just spread well, well, well that's well, also it's the double edged sword that he was talking about yeah the double edged sword because, oh, okay, you, yeah, get, because yeah. you get those people who will create an account that has no profile picture no content and they sit there and just talk shit to people mm. because oh I'm safe because I no one knows who I am whoa that, was, yeah. that, that, that makes that whole uh, ending to Jane Silent Bob Strike Back a lot more uh, yeah. a lot more satisfying yeah. like, but, we're gonna track down all the trolls on the internet yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm actually totally sure that uh you know having social media has made society a little less sexist and misogynist because now yeah. even if you have depression in, or whatever mm-hmm. and uh, there are so many feelings that you need to express mm-hmm. and you can't really talk to uh, talk about them with your family mm-hmm. now you have the little escape of social media right, where you yeah. can talk to right. a total stranger that is probably living in japan or germany oh, yeah. and you yeah. can open yourself to them 100 without being judged and if you're judged it yeah. doesn't matter it's online well and right. it's also i'm glad you know and then speaking of like you know depression mental illness and all that like it's being a lot more accepted to be yes. open about it yeah and that's and that's what and that's why um, you know men and everything are able to come out with like what they're dealing with mm-hmm. and everything. Yep. So like you know how like you know we were just talking about Tony Soprano earlier. Mm-hmm. Now everybody is able to like um, uh, to express that yep. without yeah. being ju- judged and everything. Well, because yeah. we're like say my generation. If I went to my father and said I'm depressed, he would look at me and go, "So drink a beer, go get some pussy, and get over it." Yeah, that was it. That was mm-hmm. that was his form of. That therapy was, that was yeah. kind of my stepdad because uh, when I was finally officially diagnosed uh, with uh, clinical depression mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he was really mad he was like really? so upset wow and, See, uh, and he was like really depression uh, but and that was like I don't know I want to say like four years ago and right. now he's a more of an understanding person mm-hmm. and a yeah. more understanding guy mm-hmm. and now he's like hey, uh, he's uh, he does he, he he hasn't like learned how to be there but his way of being there is like, uh, when I grab a beer, we don't talk about emotions, but yeah. when I yeah. grab a beer. <laughs> right. So his way is spending time with you. Yeah. Just, or yeah. watching a movie together. Which is a great thing too, yeah. though. Yeah. It Just is. that quality time. Yeah. Like one of the things that, and again, going back, I never knew until I was in my forties, mm-hmm. uh, that I'm bipolar, mm-hmm. you know, because it was just always that I was just nuts. I mean, you know, oh, you would joke. It's like, I'm crazy, mm-hmm. you know, and all this shit. But come to find out because of the way I was raised mm-hmm. and especially being Latino. Oh, you, you weren't depressed. You were just fucking an asshole. Mm-hmm. It was it was always different. That they used it as an excuse. Mm-hmm. And that's why I believe it is rampant in the Latino community to be alcoholics because mm-hmm. they don't face their 
mental illness. They just yeah. they they try to mm-hmm. treat it with drinking they with, just alcohol. with alcohol. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. So I was forty five when I r- finally was diagnosed because I actually made the effort to go see someone mm-hmm. that I'm bipolar yeah. and I've been my whole life. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. it's it sucks. Yeah. So looking back on, it, I'm like, fuck! I fucked up my, a right. lot of my life because of that. I yeah. fu- I fucking failed in marriage twice because of that, mm-hmm. and I never knew. Yeah, you know, um, mental illness has always been seen as a stigma in the black community mm-hmm. uh, because black men um, we're not allowed to like uh, share our feelings. We're not allowed to like say like you know we are feeling this way and everything because we're always told to like to toughen up. Mm-hmm. And it mainly became from, from like the civil um, due to like the you know civil rights and all yeah. that and everything because we can't show weakness because you know the you know the, the white man stop the, being the man, a bitch stop being a bitch will see us as inferior and everything. We're, we have a fight to like you know to like uh, defend yep. and everything. <laughs> and so over time and um, you know through hip hop and you know actors and everything. Um, were able to express, you know, their fights with the mental illness and yeah, everything. Yeah, but yeah. hip hop back in the day was some misogynist well, well, shit, and bitches a, and yeah, hoes, well, and yeah, it was. And, and honestly, that's like that's always been like the civil war with hip hop. Yeah, because there have been like um, artists who fought against misogyny, sure. and everything like you know Queen Latifah, Lauryn Hill. Tupac. Tupac's a good example because yeah. he was an example of like a positive masculinity. But okay, this is before Suge Knight got his hooks into him and everything. But you know, he was always talking about his um his uh, his feelings. He was a poet. You know, I mean, his mom was a former Black Panther. Well, dear mama, and dear mama, yeah. absolutely is a yeah. is a perfect example. And so he was this tough looking dude, mm-hmm. usually seen as like you know, quote unquote, a thug and everything. But he was a sensitive soul. Well, mm-hmm. and, he was a poet. Yeah, but and it, but yeah, and so um, but yeah, but like nowadays, it's like you know, um, black men and you know, black women are like more open about their struggles with mental illness and right. depression and everything. And you can see that reflected right. in the media as well. Like now we get to see more stories of black people. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not as we were saying on, on the episode where it was less here, uh, not, you know, uh, not movies about the struggle or the stereotypes, but actually yeah. you get to see more series like uh, Euphoria about yes. uh, yeah. a, a young black person facing yeah. uh, her emotions. Yeah, yeah. or like I'll that. even go back, uh, The Ghetto Boys. Yeah. My mind's playing tricks on me. Mm-hmm. That is so, all about um, schizophrenia but, and everything. But now, like I said, with Gen Z, it's different because being an older generation looking at them, mm-hmm. again, it, it's, I'm not the, and this is why millennia, uh, Gen, Gen Z and boomers and some younger millennials, mm-hmm. they have that combative attitude because we're boomers are so uh, repressed and mm-hmm. we're taught hate everything that's not like you mm-hmm. to the Gen Z and younger millennials. It's like love everyone's differences, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, love the person don't care about their differences. Yeah. The world is a rainbow. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where they bash heads yeah. where they say, well, Gen X doesn't have a dog in the fight. No, because we're the generation that taught, because we were so abused, we are like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Fuck the boomers. Yeah. And, but being a Gen Xer, I can tell you that a lot of us admire Gen Z because we raised you mm-hmm. and we see that fruit yeah. of our labor and mm-hmm. see that we've made our kids strong because they can stand up for themselves. The last election showed yeah. that, mm-hmm. you know, because they came out in force and said, fuck you old ass Republicans. Mm-hmm. And they made a difference yeah. and they're still making a difference every day. 
So being the generation that raised that one, we're sitting back going, yeah, that's son. Actually what, that's <laughs> yeah. actually what I really yeah. know what you were oh, going to say. I was going to say, like, see, see, that's why I always like, um, I always see that meme of like, you know, boomer versus uh, millennial slash Gen Z. Okay, boomer. Right. <laughs> and, well, and also, well, it's like this meme of like, um, you got the boomer yelling, the Gen Zers, millennials yelling back, and and there's the Gen Xers. It's the uh, picture of uh, Megan Mullally as Karen from yeah. uh, Will and Grace. She doesn't care. She's just drinking and everything. Yeah, that's Gen X. Yeah. yeah. Honestly... I think you should swap that picture out, and instead of you know, Karen, it should, yeah. for a Gen Xer, it should be Mr. Miyagi nodding. Because like you said, you guys taught the Gen Zers to defend themselves, oh, I made, so, I, you're, so you're proud of them fighting back. I made a yeah. social yeah. media video about that. I was like, yeah. I went, hey, boomers, you mad at Gen Z? Blame the Gen Xers. We raised them. Yeah. You're fucking welcome. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's actually why I'm really jealous of the future generations first, because they'll get to see shit that I'll never get to see. May, aliens maybe yeah uh space travel uh for everyone uh but more than anything is the fact that they're gonna get to hopefully live in a world where everything is a little more balanced you know because sure uh the the the, the gen scene knows how to fight back but mm -hmm. sometimes they fight back for over stupid things no, no, they, absolutely. Call out, yeah, yeah. They, they, absolutely. they take advantage of the fact that they have social media and they think that every opinion needs to be heard but the core reality is that just because you have the ability to doesn't mean that your your opinion is valid right. well, or that, it needs to be heard. That's the other extreme of some Gen Zers is like yeah. everything is a fight. Like, oh, we have to fight for this, fight for this. Or it's everything needs to be called out. It's like, calm down. That's It's okay. It's, it's yeah. chill. What yeah. I do like their their fight, I guess you could say for lack of a better term. It, it, homosexuality, LGBTQ+, plus has become more, I don't want to say the norm, but it's become more accepting. Mm -hmm. Where now the conservatives and the hateful people, mm -hmm. uh, they see that they can no longer hate on blacks without being quote unquote canceled. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's like, you're not being canceled, you're paying for your you're actions. You're paying the consequences it's, 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 of your yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, that's something I really like. Yeah, because yeah. so they can't do that to blacks anymore. They can't do that to Latinos anymore. They can't do it to homosexuals anymore. I know, drag queens and transgenders. So they pick a new right. villain. Yeah. So they don't have to want to make See, a difference to better society. Yeah. They just want to alienate and ostracize and vic and villainize a certain community. And pretty yeah. soon they're going to run out of targets and guess what? They're going to find themselves irrelevant. And that's why See, and that's why that's what they fear. That's why they always exactly. pick like a different target cuz yeah. they want to stay in that relevancy. Yep. Yeah. But what's funny is that Every target they pick fights back. Yeah. So it's like that whole high school bully thing. Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to pick on him. Oh, he has a big brother. I'm going to pick on her. Oh, she has a well, two big brothers. So it, it's like... It's pretty much like the witch hunt of the week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, going like going to like like All in the Family, there was an episode where there was a drag uh, person or drag queen, drag performer that Archie thought was a woman. Mm -hmm. And when he finds out it's a man, all of a sudden his prejudice comes up. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you fast forward to now, you have transgender you have transgender politicians. Mm -hmm. You have transgender business owners. And it, it's amazing to me the progression that I've seen in my life. Mm -hmm. I've always sat back in awe. And I don't know if a lot of people that are maybe Mr. Hand's age or my age sit back and realize this. Mm -hmm. When I was a kid, we went from LP records to A-tracks to cassette tapes to CDs to MP3s. And now you can stream music on your phone. Before you had to have a dime to walk around and put in a payphone. Now I carry a computer in my mm -hmm. pocket. The first computers, Mister Head, you probably worked on were the size of a room. Yeah. And now you have one in your pocket. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now I have a supercomputer. No question about it. It's a supercomputer. Right. 
in my car. There you go. That I drive around. Oh yeah, it's a rolling computer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, but so your generation has. Honestly, what I love is some of those videos I've seen on YouTube, and I don't know if you've experienced this or seen it, mm-hmm. where they give like uh, kids your age a rotary phone, and they just look at it and go, the hell's that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> they haven't even no idea what it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah like, I've seen those videos too. Yeah, it's crazy, because, and that's why I think I love being from my generation, because we've seen all of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I went from an Atari, well, I went from video games and only in the arcade, to Pong, to oh, Atari, to, to Nintendo. And just on now, mm-hmm. I, I in awe look at some of the game systems and TVs now, and I'm like, fuck, man, I can't believe in my lifetime I've seen this. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's actually something I've been thinking about pretty often because uh, because of school, I've been seeing like film history and whatnot, and now we're uh, delving a little more into the history of television and streaming services mm-hmm. and whatnot. And just the fact that, as of right now, there are people alive who could not see television in color when they were kids, right. and now you have like super advanced televisions and now you get to stream whatever you want in, in, yeah. in, in just a couple of seconds. And then when... you get people who had a black and white TV and now it's like, if you don't have a 4K, they're like, Pfft. So oh, I, I just how can want... you not watch that in 4K? Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to weigh in on the, the, the old computer. So the uh, very first computer that I ever worked on had 30 times less memory than this phone. Wow. 30 wow. times. Yeah, and, that's crazy. And it did take up a room, and this fits in my pocket. But yeah. yeah. Dude, and you're right about that, because I grew up in a time where if you wanted to go watch a movie, you had to go to the theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, then if you watched the TV show, if you weren't home at 8 o'clock Friday night when it came on, you weren't watching that episode. You were gonna. You're fucked. You're out you of luck. You were gonna die without right. watching yeah. that. Right. Where right. now it's like, ah, I'll watch it when I want. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like I remember my generation. You know, it was like uh, that was pretty much the beginning of uh, streaming. Right. Uh, because remember, like you know, Napster, LimeWire, Kazam, Music Morpheus, all right. that jazz. The P. Uh, mm pvp like music sharing mm-hmm. you know and at that time like you know it was a radical idea and now it's the norm like right. digital downloading of right, all yeah. music and everything but back at that time you were afraid of the fbi kicking down your door <laughs> fucking lars Ulrich, yeah. right yeah, yeah but now yeah. like you can like stream it from everywhere like yeah. apple music like yep. actually i'm a part that. of the generation yeah. where yeah. i have to admit the fact that i didn't know that at first uh netflix was a. Uh, uh, CD rental. Company. Oh yeah, DVD. Oh, that's what, yeah, that's yeah, what started, yeah. That's uh, what DVD rental. Like yeah. They'll mail it to you. I didn't know yeah. that up until really? like a couple of years ago. I thought yeah. they were always a streaming company. Wait, yeah. Are you even old enough to know Blockbuster? <laughs> <laughs> I know them. Okay. I, 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 I went Bro. to Blockbuster yeah. a couple. Bro, of times. do you Blockbuster at all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so quick, quick edit. Uh, I just wanted to jump in on the computer thing again, uh, but this phone has thirty thousand. Times uh, more memory okay. than the first computer that yep. I worked on. Dude, 30,000 times. Wow. First, first yeah. computer I ever like played with, you had, it was a floppy disk so big you needed two people to insert it. No, I'm mm. kidding. But it was huge. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was huge. Yeah. Well, you know, that, and that was a five and a quarter inch. Yeah. And when they came up with the mini one, we were like, wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> so here's the thing. Before the five and a quarter inch, mm-hmm. there was an eight inch floppy, oh, gosh. and it was used for um, uh, communications controllers on the big mainframes that yeah. I worked on. No, it, it, it's funny because, like, real quick, and we'll, we'll go back to the Gen Z. The on that disc, it had like thirty two megabytes, and you're like, wow. Now I got sixty four gigs on my phone. <laughs> mm, <yeah>. Wait, 
The five and a quarter inch floppy? The little no, the little ones, the smaller ones. The I can't. One point four four meg. Yeah, they, they, you get like thirty two megabytes or something. No, no, one point four four megabytes. Oh, sorry. And now they're like. And I actually installed. IBM had a competitive operating system for Windows mm-hmm. called OS two. Right. Mm-hmm. I actually installed that, and it was forty five of those floppy disks wow. that wow. I sat and like. Insert this 16. But we could talk about that all day, especially (laughs) DOS. But anyway, but you, Jorge, in your experience, like the prejudices are different because now I think it's more that you guys are, it's your age Mm -hmm. that people are prejudiced against. Not so much the LGBTQ, well, there's still that Mm -hmm. because people are still ingrained with that prejudice. But it's your age. Yeah. You know, do you see that like a lot? Because, yeah, because uh, ironically, most of my friends, are way older than me. Right. Uh, I wouldn't say I was way older than you. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, every now and then, I, 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 uh, well, more more like at the beginning when I first started hanging out with them, I would get the uh, occasional, what do you know? You're just a kid. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, my dad, my stepdad does that a lot. Yeah. What do you know? I, I, well, I ain't got nothing to learn from you. You're just a kid. Which is funny because it's like your generation. It's you uh, have information literally at your yeah. fingertips. Yeah. Which is you funny. can educate yourself yeah. faster because I remember Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah. Those commercials you had to order like which the is, new editions. Yeah. Which is funny mm-hmm. because I bet you he comes to you and goes, Hey Jorge, how do I get this on my phone? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I thought you couldn't learn anything from yeah. me. So, like, so <laughs> yeah, those memes where they say kids today don't know how to work a rotary phone as he says as he's having trouble trying to open a PDF. <laughs> Oh, how many times? Have, how many times have we experienced this? It's an older person like I can't wait my camera. I don't know. Hold on, or, let me look for it. Or, or the uh, or the like what's it called the boomer or selfie, which is like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so one uh, one of the things about that having information at your fingertips that I think helps your generation, Jorge, is mm-hmm. that is that you know you guys have all this information, and the problem is somebody in your generation that is prejudiced or ageist or sexist or homophobic or anything like that, they are really making a choice. Right. Mm-hmm. Because they've got all the information. Yeah, they got all the information and, and they and have the ability to know that what they're doing and, and what I, they think is wrong. Right. And I know a lot of, like, I think a lot of the boomers that are, like, you know, in upper Wyoming or whatever, they've never been educated or had any influence in their culture of anything right. but but you know a mirror of themselves mm-hmm. so they have no experience mm-hmm. in reaching beyond themselves now intuitively should you know that and certainly if you claim to be a christian we touched on that last nah. time you know <laughs> this is this is what you're supposed to do right. as part of that but mm-hmm. if uh if if you don't know that intuitively i think you got a problem to begin with yeah but now, that is what our generation right. has to learn from you guys. Yeah. yeah, that's the one thing. He's right. What mm-hmm. even some people of my generation is that your generation is accepting. Yeah. It's the complete opposite of what they were. Mm-hmm. Before, when uh, you, were, uh, you were, I like to equate it to like the Comic Con community. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to go to the comic cons and you were the weird smelly kid if you wore a costume to a comic convention. Mm-hmm. And now if you don't wear a costume to a comic convention, you're the weird smelly kid. In my generation, um, there were nerds. Mm-hmm. You either were outright nerds 
Or you had to hide yeah. it. And, yeah, in my high school, a lot of, like, you know, the jocks and the preps and everything, we're, we're into, right. like, video games, comics, anime, all that. But they had to hide it because of the whole, like, um, status quo, the social standings and everything. Yeah. But, it was uh, yeah. pretty well, much like an act of defiance. Yeah. yeah. And, now well, and that goes yeah. to my point that I wanted to ask you was, so equating it to what I just said, mm -hmm. now if you are progressive mm -hmm. and you are uh, accepting, mm -hmm. you're kind of the more of the insider. Mm -hmm. Where if you're more prejudiced and all that, mm -hmm. you're the outsider now. Yeah. Because of your generation, I mean. Mm -hmm. I don't mean older people, but like a Gen Zer. Yeah. I, you've met more people probably in your life, correct me if I'm wrong, that are more accepting of people mm -hmm. than not. Yeah. You know? yeah you've yeah, met a lot correct. less prejudiced people than you've met yeah, that yeah. is correct. And whenever I have met people that are extremely prejudiced, they get kicked out of the, the, the uh, community. The, the community, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. that's that shit just doesn't fly around anymore. Exactly. And your generation is the generation of uh, what I like to what what is it pansexual, mm -hmm. you know? Because that wasn't a thing when I was growing up, mm -hmm. you know. And that's why there people is this big argument right now. And tell me what you face on this is the whole pronoun mm -hmm. debate. You know, mm -hmm. the, the they, them, you know, mm -hmm. people want to express themselves differently because they don't feel like they fit in, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, and that's something of your generation that's made up mm -hmm. in front and is very, I don't want to say militant, but they're very proud of that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's awesome. Yeah. Now, in your experience, you've seen people be prejudiced against that in your age group, just in your age group. Well, I don't have a lot of experience with a lot of people within my age group except mm -hmm. for like a friend because as I said I, I usually hang out with older people mm -hmm. uh, but even with the older people that I hang around with they're cool with that I mean they don't have a prejudice against it or they don't really care they're just like oh he wants to be referred as that as they or them okay cool because that's what I admire about again your generation and Gen Xers and Millennials for the most mm -hmm. part they my belief in a lot of them is how does what you want affect my life? If it doesn't affect me, what the fuck do I care? Yeah. Mm. And it's pretty much like, uh, let's say, uh, let's say that uh, Johnny doesn't want to be called Johnny. He wants to be called Jay. Who am I to not grant him that, you mm. know? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, if you want to be called Hector and your name's Don, I don't care. If you <laughs> if I want to be called uh, well, James Gary Diablo, why like, you guys well, do not call well, me that? Well, it's going back to our whole hanging with the homeboys. Right? <laughs> Vinny, man, Vinny. Wait, well, it's going back to our whole toxic, no, toxic masculinity talk. It's all about that control. See, that's why the uh, previous generations are pitching a fit about pronouns is that right. they want to control that aspect of the person. But yeah. guess what? They don't have that, that control, so they're slipping. Well, yeah. And I think part of that fear yeah. mm -hmm. is that if you embrace embrace pronouns you automatically embrace this lifestyle that goes along with it that is entirely foreign to you right mm -hmm. well uh, what i argue and therefore threatening right mm -hmm. what i yeah. yeah what what yeah because there's an old saying that goes people are afraid of what they don't understand right yeah and, i learned that from storm from x-men yeah yeah way to be a nerd there yeah. <laughs> i actually got that from martha came from man of steel 2013 <laughs> have you, more nerd no wait a minute you saying that comic books are woke what? <laughs> right yeah. uh, so that's oh that's another whole topic we could do again yeah. woke yeah. but it woke in the media mm -hmm. so my thing is that what i've seen is a huge difference and i, I appreciate all you guys bringing mm -hmm. the differences mm -hmm. uh touching on what mr hands has said mm -hmm. it's the gen z that is accepting and the older generation is dying out like jay mm -hmm. said and they mm -hmm. don't want to 
they're still holding on to that preciously. Mm -hmm. So they'll find any fight they can find. Mm -hmm. um, my thing is like, what doesn't affect you? Oh, this is I'm going to say on social media. I've been debating with people back and forth, going into the issue of pronouns and and, and uh, gender. Uh, they they like to equate sex with gender, which mm -hmm. are not the same thing. Uh, so the one argument is some a lot of people go, oh, there's only two genders. The science, the science. I was like, what are you getting your science from? Kindergarten cop? Boys have a penis and girls have a vagina. <laughs> it's like, it's like, Bruce, scientifically it's been proven and I can show you a dozen articles that say there is a spectrum, a spectrum of de gender identities. Uh, you see, the thing is, gender identity is who you identify as on the inside, yeah. whereas your sex may not match your yeah. gender identity. And uh, Yeah, and I, I, actually I was going to, I was going to say that even if, if that was the case, I mean, like speaking 100% from a biological standpoint, mm -hmm. let's say that we only have two genders. It doesn't really matter if that person wants to be referred as that yeah. way. Just no, let them have it. Exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't like if, hurt you. Uh, yeah, exactly. It doesn't hurt you. It's like if, if all of a sudden they said, hey, uh, don't call me Jorge. I want you to call me Mr. Beldering. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like. Okay, you... Mr. Belding. <laughs> Beldering. Hey. What is going on here, Gus? But my thing Are you is, not respecting my wishes to be called Mr. Beldering? <laughs> Sorry, Do you Mr. want Beldering. to be canceled? <laughs> Stop being woke. <laughs> but but we joke about this, but what I admire, and again, and we'll end with this, I appreciate about the Gen Z generation is their acceptance and openness. Mm -hmm. A lot of the people I grew up with that are no longer with us, unfortunately, uh, had to deal with all those prejudices, mm -hmm. and they never mm -hmm. got to be themselves in their lifetime. Yeah. And I'm sure Mr. Hank can agree to that. A lot of people that we grew up with, Merv Griffin, mm -hmm. yeah, no, yeah. seriously, Rock Mer Hudson. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, Merv Griffin never came out, but was revealed to have been gay after mm -hmm. his death. Yeah. And yeah. and here's this talk show host and and actor and whatever else mm -hmm. he was, who was literally in every home. The entire time and admired by millions, and admired by millions. Same thing with uh, Marlon Brando. It was revealed that he actually, um, you know, was oh, he was bisexual. bisexual. Oh, he was and bisexual. He actually had a relationship with Richard Pryor. Hmm. Yeah, wow. I didn't know yeah. Richard Pryor was bisexual. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. It was revealed by uh, Quincy Jones. Really? Uh, by an interview by Quincy Jones. By he yeah. got jungle fever. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and yeah, and like, and uh, Richard Pryor's uh, widow. Um, confirmed it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then, but to close with this, mm -hmm. we can all agree as far as like mm -hmm. the older generations are, are, uh, are, are boomer, our millennial, and mm -hmm. myself, Gen Xer, that mm -hmm. Gen Z has been undercut. Mm -hmm. They're where we wish we could have been because where we had to mm -hmm. hide it, you guys get to reveal it mm -hmm. and be proud of it. Mm -hmm. And I admire that. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, same. I agree. Yeah. 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 So with that. We want to bid you fondue. Yeah. You had something to say before actually, we go? Actually, I had some final words. Okay. And I actually want to give a shout out to this individual, um, Sh uh, Sharath Jason Wilson. You guys may have seen his uh, video of him. Like, We're uh, over two hours. You got oh, it. We're over two hours. You got to wrap I, it up. All right. Well, I wanted to mention this. But no, no. But, get, but shorten it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, he, uh, so I want to um, give a shout out to this one individual named uh, Sharath Jason Wilson, who is a, a martial arts uh, instructor and motivational speaker out of uh, Detroit, Michigan, who has made news um, for his emotional stability training. Uh, he um, is teaching like you know young, uh, young not only young black uh, kids but like uh, kids in general and everything. 
that it's okay to cry. Right. Because, um, you know, a video of him teaching one of his students, and his students was, like, trying to do his, like, um, his moves and everything, but he was crying. And, you know, instead of saying, like, you know, don't cry, man up, whatever, he said, it's okay to cry. Just it's okay. let it out. Let yep. it out. Let it out. And so he actually wrote some books called Cry Like a Man and Battle Cry. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, I was, a, you know, I always cried as a kid and everything. So to see this man showing that it's okay to cry, you could be strong and show emotion at the same time. Right. That was like, not only like, a, you know, pull at the heartstrings, but also very impactful. Like it's showing that positive masculine uh, role model. And it shows to people like it's okay to be sensitive. It's okay to show show feelings. Yep. So big shout out to uh, Sharath Jason Wilson. So with with that, mm-hmm. I want to thank Jorge. Appreciate uh, you being thank here. Thank you guys mm-hmm. for having me again. Our uh, Gen Z correspondent mm-hmm. and Mr. Han. As always, it's a pleasure being in your presence. Thank you, Gus. <laughs> with that, for me, Jay, and us at the Minority Report, we want to thank you guys for hanging out. We apologize that we ran a bit long, but we will see you. Just listen to the Minorities Report from Make It a Combo Productions. Executive produced by Jesse and Junior. Check them out on all platforms. And don't forget to follow our other podcasts, Am I a Slut? And Make It a Combo. Thank you and goodbye.